This is the 3D Pod, your number one source for 3D printing news, analysis, and insight from 3dprint.com. Now, here are your hosts, Joris Peels and Maxwell Bogue. Hello, everyone. My name is Joris Peels, and this is another episode of the 3D Pod. And as always, joining me today is Maxwell Vogue. Hey, Joris. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing, Max? I'm fine. Thanks. Who do we have on the 3D Pod today? We have Omri Shannon t- today. Uh, he's a co- co-founder of, uh, of MiaTech or MiTech. We're going to ask uh, about what, how, what's the right way to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very exciting company. It's a, a very exciting Israeli startup that is going to unify 3D printing and food. And that's part of a new wave of startups that are really, really changing uh, a lot of things. So the 3D printer may not be in your den anymore. It may be in your kitchen or it may be at a factory making stuff for you. So that's a very, very exciting, uh, uh, huge uh, development, really. So Omri, thank you so much for, for, for being here today. Thanks for having me. Great uh, to be here and uh, sharing the vision, the company, also uh, what, you're do- what we're doing. Obviously, it's, uh, I think uh, it's part of the agriculture revolution we're about to experience yeah, yeah definitely. So t- and, tell us about this yeah, yeah. What, kind of, what are you making what kind of food steaks uh plant what, what are we doing yeah so um let's uh i'll start from the beginning because sometimes you know it's uh, the topic is not 100 percent clear to to the whole uh to the whole society obviously we, we are doing something that uh, has never been done uh, we're using uh, stem cells uh, from the animals as as a, as the vision of creating um, uh, the protein uh, protein uh, uh, for for the humanity, but in the shape when, and the smell and the texture of real meat. So uh, we do all understand that uh, you know in the future uh, uh, the the population is going to grow and the demand for food and protein in general uh, is going is going to increase. Uh, and we believe that in order to uh, help this uh, uh, demand, uh, to answer this demand, uh, we'll have to supply protein, but in the shape and smell and texture of real meat. So this is why uh, I think uh, you all know uh, and well aware of Beyond Meat and Impossible and other companies that are uh, trying to mimic the, uh, the real meat, but uh, using um, plant-based protein. So we're doing something a little bit different. It's, I, think, I think it's more challenging and 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 we are using basically stem cells, as I said in the beginning, from animals. We're doing it today from uh, uh, different species, from cows, beef, from uh, chickens, and uh, pork as well. Taking these stem cells, uh, helping them to proliferate inside of a bioreactor. I will talk about it in a minute. Then we're helping these cells to become the ingredients we all know and love, such as muscle, fat, connective tissues. And this is this is the ne- this is the first step. The next step is how you create the product, and this is where also the uh, 3D printing technology comes in place, where we not only uh, are making the ingredients themselves, we are also thinking of okay, how we can make the real premium cut of meat, and this is how we think uh, uh, this industry will be a successful industry in the future because we all craving for meat. I mean. Uh, you know, also the uh, vegans and, and vegetarians people are, I think, around uh, um, 80% of them uh, after a year or year and a half are going back to the, uh, to the conventional meat because we are born as meat eaters and meat lovers. And this is why MeatTech is uh, uh, developing this technology. So okay. I, I will say my wife uh, has been vegetarian for 20 some odd years. 
um, and for ethical reasons. Uh, but she's always said to me, because I'm still a meat eater, <laughs> that uh, she would be happy to eat cloned meat or, or 3D printed meat, if you will, uh, because it eliminates the ethical issue around meat. So I think uh, there's lots of interesting possibilities around this, uh, obviously. So, but tell us the details. How, how is this, or what you can tell us. Um, how is this done? <laughs> yeah, so obviously, because we're a public company, uh, and this is, you know, this is also part of the journey that uh, we're taking, uh, and it helps us a lot uh, to do uh, some activities that the general private company would not be capable of doing, such as uh, acquiring another company. So, uh, yes, we, we are. I can't tell you everything right now uh, um, because we're a public, and actually, we are. The only uh, a company that is traded in the world that is developing cultured meat, and we are actually the first one to acquire another company. So we acquired a company in Belgium. The name of the company is Piece of Meat, and, and, <laughs> and yeah, uh, we we are about to change the name as well. And 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 what we are doing with them is uh, they're they're developing uh, cells from chickens. So eventually, uh, the industry as we see it, the first product will be in the shape and form of hybrid or blended product. So it will not be yet uh, 100% uh, cultured meat. It will, I believe it will be between 10 to 25% uh, uh, cultured meat. And I think, and, and the most important ingredient in, in these products, so let's say to, to improve the, 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 the existing products such as Beyond Meat, is, is to use um, cultured fat. And fat has the aromas, uh. the textures, we all love and know. So, you know, if, if your neighbor is uh, doing a barbecue uh, a mile away, you're probably uh, will almost smell it, uh, even though it's far away, because once the, the, uh, the fat is oxidized, it gets to aromas that uh, helps us finding the, our next meal. So I hope, hopefully you will not steal your neighbor's barbecue, but, but, <laughs> but, this, is, but this is something that we're born with. Uh, and we understand that this ingredient is crucial in order to uh, really help us uh, getting to a better mouthfeel of the uh, existing products, but still enjoy from, like you said, from the ethical, environmental, and, and sustainable uh, uh, issues that we're all aware of, uh, uh, of the current livestock and, and uh, industry. So you, you foresee the first phase of this essentially being kind of like a, a plant-based meat product combined with the, some percentage of this fat of the of the grown fat, if you will, uh, to make a, a new meat substitute, if you will. Yes, and and, and I think that the the, re the main reason is that uh, obviously the cost is 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 very important here, and, and to do today a hundred percent cultured meat will cost you uh, uh, for just one hamburger a few hundreds of dollars, so it's too expensive today. And this this is the main reason why we're opening to that, and also it. It's less challenging to develop fat, cultured fat, than cultured muscle. And the reason is that uh, most of the cells, the stem cells, uh, it, it's easier for them to uh, differentiate to, uh, to fat other than, than muscle. And muscle also needs to bind. It, it, both cells, let's say, for example, needs to bind one to each other in order to create and mimic the real fibers, as we all know and, 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 mm -hmm. and love. And this is why this is, this is going to be the first product. Yes, but as I think, and this is also something that, let's say, uniquely technology that we are developing in Meetech, that we are developing the industrial systems 
to not only uh, create the ingredients, but also to create the premium meat uh, from any species that you would like using uh, 3D bioprinting systems. So the 3D bioprinting systems helps us to align the cells in the right resolution in order for uh, helping them to uh, also proliferate and also binding one to each other in an incubation stage that happens right after uh, the 3D uh, printing uh, stage. And that's how we plan to get uh, uh, a real stake, for example. And we, as, as far as we know, we are the only company that developed uh, such a, a, as an industrial system. We're developing the code for the printer. We're developing the print heads. So it's not just one nozzle print head that prints you know, for 30, 40 minutes, one structure of, of meat or whatever it is. We're developing multi-nozzle, multi-print heads that work several print heads at the same time in order to reach uh, 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 one stake per few seconds, if, we, if you would like. This is, this is the target, to have an industrial uh, manufacturing process uh, to mimic the, the premium cut of meat, as I said, yeah. When, when do you see this coming to, the first stage of this coming mm -hmm. to market? If, if we'll take uh, the hybrid products, as I think that this, this, these are the products that will eventually be at the market first, in, in Metech, we are building uh, a pilot plant that will be ready um, next year. So next year, we're going to have the full process in a large, in a large bioreactors. And whether it's going to hit the market uh, on the retailer's shelf, not yet, but, but this, this will eventually be part of the early adopter's consumption. And if we look, if we look one moment on what happened in the world, so there is a company also named Just that uh, had their first um, uh, regulatory approval in Singapore, and they are all, all already selling to uh, institutions such as uh, restaurants, um, chicken nuggets that contains, I think, uh, uh, 30 or something like that percent of uh, cultured fat. And so it already, it already started happening. And the question is, uh, okay, how, how, how fast you can upscale it? So, so we're aiming to next year, but also we have the uh, uh, regulations, uh, uh, you know, uh, approval. So this is also a struggle that uh, we are working on this uh, also today. And regarding a 3D bioprinting system, this, this will eventually be the evolution of, uh, of the hybrid product. And this will come uh, right after. Uh, if, if it will be um, half a year, a year, more, two years after the hybrid products uh, will be introduced to the, to the consumers, uh, it, it's a question and we haven't answered it uh, on a publicly uh, manner, um, but uh, we believe it will happen uh, sooner than you think. This may be a silly question, but uh, for like a steak or something, do you need to shock the muscles to build them up? It, it, it's actually hit? not a silly. It's it's a very smart question, actually, because because you know it, it, the same thing happens to us when we're going to the gym, right? So, so right. we have yeah. So it's it's it, I think it's it's very smart point uh, where you are really want to let these muscle or, or fibers to grow, and this happens in in the uh, in the in the last stage in the uh, incubation. Um, you have to help them. Uh, uh, with some sort of power, uh, I will not uh, go into more details than that. But you right. have to, yeah, fair enough. You have to use some sort of power uh, you have to stimulate uh, with, them. With, with yeah to stimulate the the, the mechanism. Uh, these muscles should should be going through if they were in 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 the in the beef or chicken uh, body.
Yeah. Cruelty, so, feel, cru- oh, cruelty so. free veal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so wait. So just just take me through how it works exactly. We take a biopsy and then we take one cell, or how does it work? Like start from start to finish, kind of what you can tell us. Yeah, sure. You told us certain stuff, so I'm not sure if we're getting all the stuff. Yeah. So so so, <laughs> so the process is is first, uh, and this is where you have also differences between the companies. Uh, so there is approximately 40 companies working on that on different species. That there even kangaroos that are being developed, uh, cultured kangaroos. Uh, but 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 the process really starts with uh, uh, deciding what sources of stem cells or cells you're going to use. So we our approach is to use a variety of sources. One of them are embryonic stem cells. So embryonic stem cells have the ability to grow almost uh, uh, um, naturally in in a way where you have many times passages. You have many passages, uh, um, immortalized cells. This is how we call them. In order, and you have to have this this kind of, of property of the, of your cells in order to reach high capacity, high throughput of, of of biomass. So first, you have to develop your cell line. So your cell line, yes, it comes from biopsy, it comes from different sources such as embryonic stem cells. Then you need to make sure they're uh, immortalized, and then you ne- need to make sure also they can grow in suspension. So it's not an easy task to, to help them grow in suspension because cells like to bind to each other and just uh, uh, create some kind of, of aggregate. Uh, but once you have aggregate, cells are uh, starting to die in, in the middle because they're not exposed to the nutrients and the materials they need, to ha- that they need to have. So once you have the cell line that is immortalized and, and it can go, grow in suspension, uh, uh, you take this cell line and you start growing it inside of a bioreactor. Then you need to also work on your media. The media is the uh, a nutrition uh, the cells need to have in order to proliferate. So the media is very crucial because this is the main factor also that uh, will determine at the end the cost of the final product. So uh, uh, developing the media is, is, is part of the process. You, you, you give the cells the nutrition, the ingredients they need to proliferate. After the proliferating, then you are um, changing basically the media in order to signal the cells to differentiate to, to the substances you need in order to create the product, such as fat and muscle. So cells are reacting to the environment, to the metrics that sur- surrounds them. So once they meet with new media or new growth factors, then they differentiate to, to other kinds of, of, uh, of cells, such as, as a, a tissues, such, such as fat and muscle. Then post the differentiation, you take this biomass and then you create product. So one of the past pathways is to take these ingredients and to make ground product, uh, unstructured uh, cell-based product. It can be from any species uh, uh, that, that you're developing. It depends on the, the first cell line, as I said. And also, you can take that and create your bio inks using this biomass. And then you have cartridges that are with these kinds of uh, substances, such as fat and muscle. But also, you need to have uh, uh, cartridges of scaffolding that will hold this whole piece together. So. If you're taking these cartridges uh, uh, to uh, 3D bioprinting systems, then you're going to the next phase of creating a 3D printed state. 
So as I said, it, 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 you can stop there and having your unstructured product, but you can also take the biomass and going into the 3D printing uh, printers. Um, so taking this uh, biomass uh, and, and, and using your system is, uh, you, we are using drop per demand, also we're using inkjet, we're using different methods together in order to build the structure itself and also the scaffolding that needs to hold the whole structure together. We build it in a very smart way where also we can, uh, we also think of how we can inject materials that uh, the cells need in order to keep them alive. So our printheads, mm. basically, one of their mission is, is not only to, to, to align the cells in the right resolution, but also to keep them alive. So you need to keep the viscosity uh, uh, the right level, also the temperature, the pH. There are many parameters that you have to keep in the, inside of, of, your, of your systems in order to, to, to really allow these cells uh, to be alive. And then you're taking that into an incubation where the layers are, are binding one to each other. And, and this is where the process is, is, is finalized. It takes approximately uh, uh, two to three months to create the stake. It can take less to create uh, uh, unstructured products. But the capex that you need to invest in order to upgrade your process to the 3D uh, um, um, product is not necessarily high. It's, it's not necessarily determining the, 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 the cost of the final product because most of it comes from the growth stage of the stem cells the first stage we talked about obviously you want this to be competitive price hopefully wise. it was clear enough because it's it's oh, sorry. It, it might sound uh, a little bit uh, uh, simple but uh, you know uh, i think you can it's have not. several <laughs> companies I, I think you can have several companies doing several of the processes i just mentioned right yeah I just thought of something. I said, so, so how, long, how long before somebody like, takes human tissue and then makes human meat for ethical cannibalism? <laughs> well, so there's a tofu product that exists for that purpose, actually, oh that the, some universities developed for the purposes of I was joking, but okay. I, I know you're joking. It's not, I think it's, it's probably pretty quick. <laughs> but, but, no, but, but you know, people are already doing that, not, not for edible use, for, for, but mm. I think the pharma sector the the, mm. the the company started from, from that from, from the experience. Sharon, my partner, uh, had had his, uh, has an experience of uh, almost thirty years in the world of three uh, D printing. He he also founded founded the company named uh, Nano Dimension. Maybe you heard of, about them. Mm. Um, and and it, it it really the the, the idea of Mythic began uh, with the ability to print cells, a uh, human human cells. Uh, for the med for the pharma sector, and this is how we started thinking of how we can print not human cells but uh, uh, um, you know animal cells, and, and to make the, these kinds of tissues edible. And this is how the company started. And then we obviously uh, acquired another company, and uh, we started thinking of the hybrid products, etc. But the beginning was was in that form. How have you dealt with the scaffolding issue? Because I know that. Obviously, for an organ or something like that, that's a huge problem. But I, I'm curious, with a, a stake or, or something, is it simpler and therefore it's not as big an, uh, an issue to tackle? Well, it is an issue to tackle because you need to print layers in height. So printing layers mm. in height is, is not an easy task. Uh, we are printing the scaffold uh, uh, while we are printing the tissue itself. So it's not that 
we're necessarily taking an existing uh, plant-based scaffold, and there's companies that are doing that as well. Right. Yeah. And so we're not doing that uh, uh, because it, it's similar to, to you know, hybrid products. We, we, we do believe that, that also to, to have the right resolutions in, in terms of scaffolding will help us eventually limit the, the amount of non-meat ingredients inside of this, the final product. Because we're using scaffold only the places that we have to use it, and and also we we have better results, um, and really building some kind of blood vessels, uh, right? While, while printing the tissue, so we believe that that, that the perfect blood vessels has to be printed, um, because these cells needs to, uh, as I said, to keep on uh, um, being being exposed to uh, nutrition and oxygen, etc. Uh, so it's very important to to build the the, the final uh, product. Yeah. If you guys are looking like, and what's the end game here? Do you want to have like a product in the supermarket, like a Mia Tech thing, or or do you want to partner with other people? How does this work? Yeah. So so first of all, it's Mia Tech. Uh, so oh, we yeah. said that we tackle it in the beginning. So it's yeah. meat and 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 tech. This is the ah, uh, got it. Meat tech. Yeah. Meat tech. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, our business model at the end is is not. Uh, we, we're not placing ourselves to uh, brand a product or marketing a product, dis- distribution, etc. Uh, we do believe that the existing um, players in the food chain supply uh, will be a good good partners to enable this technology. So, so at the end, for example, let's say uh, a meat producer uh, uh, will have the the alternative rather than just to to open a new farm with new cattle. Or, or to implement the technology of Metex. So we're basically saying that we will give him license to the technology. And on top of that, we can also partner in building a new plant. It depends on the capex, depends on the, on the fundraising. But eventually, we're aiming to develop the technology and to help our partners or the meat producers to enable this kind of technology to, to produce their own products you know, they can choose whether it's going to be 5% fat, 20%. The, the, your, your control in these products is actually absolute, you know, comparing to, to, to beef or, or to raising cattle is, is 100% different from, from, from what there is today. So uh, we will give them the chance really to determine how exactly these products are going to look and, and we will be paid by royalty. So this is the plan. So you're you're not looking to actually build the machines and then sell it to to Tyson or someone like that. You're you're looking to develop the technology and then license out that technology at the end of the day. Right. Right. Yeah. Obviously we we'll have our suppliers and, and our but 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 eventually uh, uh we're giving yeah the technology itself. And in, in the end, I mean I realize it might not be true now, but in the end is there going to be a cost saving as a result of using this technology? Is that the hope? Or is it more uh, about the control and purification of, of our, our supply chain for food? I, I think when you're saying when you're saying cost, uh, there are, uh, there are different uh, uh, approaches, uh, uh, or or let's say it, it, we can think of a cost of many ways, such as the cost of energy or the cost of, of the product itself. The energy I'm right. talking about the environment, right? And the right. greenhouse uh, green gas uh, emissions and 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 etc. So, so if, if we look at, at the cost in ter- of, of ROI for this future plan to have, we do believe that the first product uh, will eventually be priced higher than the conventional meat. 
a good example for that is Beyond Meat, that uh, their prices was, I think, four or five times more than uh, than the conventional meat. And then it dropped down, I think, today it's around twice or one and a half. Uh, so we do believe that we will have the same process in terms of uh, price and, and cost to, the, uh, to, to, the, uh, to our partners or to, to the manufacturing plant. And the end, it, it really depends on, on the... Uh, on the media price, but we do have uh, uh, our vision at the end that uh, this plant will obviously be uh, profitable. Uh, the the cost uh, will be less than what uh, uh, you have today with the conventional meat industry, and and, and the the, con- the price of the products will be the same as the conventional meat that you know as today. That is around five to ten dollars per one kilogram we're aiming to be the same the same place as the conventional meat today as well as like i like the ethics angle uh but also at the same time we're going to save like you know there's a ton of and you mentioned before the energy that goes into farming or just like the energy that goes into getting the vegetables that the animals eat and then the energy and the the, the pollution stuff that that they cause and then to eat that meat is it just it's a huge amount of uh of the world's resources are devoted to to just mm-hmm. you know uh, growing plants to feed animals that we then eat, right? right. Not to mention so, the ecological impact of those animals, like cows and methane. Yeah, so so actually, thirty three percent of the uh, coral plants uh, dedicated for animal feed. And also, you have concerns regarding the antibiotics and hormones that are used inside of this conventional meat. You have eight percent of the global freshwater uh, supply that is dedicated to raising uh, livestock, and eighteen percent. Uh, of the uh, green greenhouse gases uh, are coming from from livestock. So, so you have, as you said, this. Uh, we're not only talking about replacing uh, the convention meat. We're talking about the delta that is going to be uh, 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 once the population continues to grow. Uh, mm-hmm. Who is going to supply the delta? This delta, not mm-hmm. necessarily taking out the conventional meat, but just supplying the the. The, the the demand that is rising in the next few years, uh, there's a huge problem for that. Yeah, do you see yourself being like, uh, you know, in the in the future, is the goal to like, you know, stop meat consumption entirely, or to just be a thing on the menu as well? I think I think that the next generation, um, uh, let's say, let's take I don't know, fifteen twenty years from now, um, it will be weird as driving. Um, a gasoline car. Um, I, I, I think I think it comes in the in the same place. A cultured meat uh, and the prediction saying that that, that that the conventional meat will be only forty percent in two thousand and forty out of the whole industry. So it will mm-hmm. be the minority uh, of the meat uh, of the meat industry. And by two thousand and thirty, we will have ten uh, percent of the industry as as cultured meat. So this is, uh, I, I think, uh, we have a huge revolution that uh, that is arising, and, and I think that the next generation will definitely see the conventional meat as 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 the uh, let's say <laughs> something that that is is not is not uh, uh, you, you not usually see on your cent- central plate. So uh, this is how we see it. Yeah. And okay. do you see in like I don't know twenty, thirty, forty years also the possibility of home consumers growing their own meat or a little machines that you can buy a pack of stem cells and stick it in <laughs> get some tilapia. Um, yeah. 
um uh, you know it, it can happen i'm not saying it can't happen but right but I, no yeah it's very far off yeah, yeah <laughs> but, but, I, but i think mythic is 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 not only about the the ethical issue it is 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 one of our top priority but but i think that uh, we, we are looking at, at this as as an industry unmet need um that that we have to solve as as, as the, just the industry has to supply this this kinds of, of, of amounts of protein in the shape and texture of meat. Um, and this is where we we come in place. But there's a lot of these startups nowadays that do anything from like uh, you know like mayonnaise to peanut butter to razor blades. Like they're going direct to consumer or they're really revolutionizing the the, the, the food industry. Um, and, and you guys are, are part of that. I mean, how do you survive in a landscape that, that where there's so much money going in that, that it's that it's going to be this this clash of titans kind of thing. Yeah, I think I, I think that that the other companies, uh, you know, that develops uh, new brands and and the whole plant based, um, basically that this is more of the products that we are aware of today. Uh, that the continuous growing are are coming in the same place uh, are growing together with us. I think that that it, it taking the the uh, taking the agenda of, of really applying to, to 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 existing companies such as Tyson, you know, also Tyson changing their brands from uh, meat producers to to protein producers. This is this is huge steps we see uh, huge companies are doing right now, and we do believe that that you have the the, the technology barriers, okay, in 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 the cultured meat space that you don't have. Through other brands, or, or as you as you mentioned, peanut butter replacements or my, mayonnaise, there mm-hmm. so the variety out there is, is, is the range of products quite it's quite big and it's gonna it's gonna increase over the next years. And I think the cultured meat companies that will reach the the high throughput and and, and the scale technology will be some kind of a unicorn inside of this industry because. Uh, you cannot take like uh, I, I don't think that Tyson or Cargill or uh, we you have also uh, OSI and our chairman by the way is the vice chairman in OSI so uh, we also related to that company as well I don't think that they will open the door for cultivating meat because this is the whole new process that takes years to of years of developing and mm-hmm. and and this is why I think it's very special around this range of uh, other alternatives that are our that are out there uh, a lot of people use like lab grown meat <laughs> I, was, I, was, I always thought that that wasn't going to really work for you guys so you guys are going to go with cultured I, meat I like or vat, what's... vat meat vat, vat meat okay <laughs> but anyway like, yeah, what are you clean guys meat i mean I, I don't know yeah is it what are the terms you guys are using how do you hope to define that well, cellular meat, cultured meat, clean meat. Uh, um, also, hybrid products were changed. Uh, people are saying that it's blended product and not hybrid product. I think that uh, the terms will be determined by by uh, once we'll get out to the market. Uh, yeah. I think I think now it's it, it's in the point of time where people are asking not how you're gonna. I, I mean, they're not. Uh, they're asking about your scaling up capabilities, not necessarily. Uh, uh, how you're gonna market it? Because they understand that at the end, other companies will 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 help in marketing the product themselves. So I think jointly working on that, and we just signed uh, a contract with uh, with a meat producer, a local meat producer, um, 
uh, that, that that we said to him, look, we're going to supply you the technology. You're going to determine it at the end how your product is going to look, how you're going to call them, how, how you're going to label them. Obviously, we have the regulations that, that will, uh, will step in in terms of uh, what, will you call it meat or not, or will you call it hybrid product, hybrid meat, the name. So, so they will get involved as well. But I think that, that, that the companies that we will work with, uh, they will help us a lot in understanding exactly what the consumers need. And, and uh, this is part of our plan as well. To, to, to get their, their contribute uh, on, on the marketing stage. Do you have to genetically modify the cells or are they just straight out of the, the stem cells? So, yeah, it's a good question. You have, you have actually both uh, processes um, uh, that are under, uh, under development. So we have mm-hmm. both actually now. We, have, we already have a cultured pet that is uh, non-GMO, but mm-hmm. we also have GMO uh, cell lines that we're developing, but we're doing both. So, so to get, and it really comes to the, to the first place where we talked about immortalized uh, cells. So to get cells immortalized, you can do that s- s- spontaneously, helping them, you know, like choosing uh, the, the cells that are continuous growth or proliferation, uh, or you can take the cells and help them or to modify a little bit the cells in order to, to get the immortalized cells as, as you need it. So it really happens in that stage. Currently, we're doing both. Both. So we have cell lines that are non-GMO, that are working, uh, that are immortalized, and are work, that are growing in suspension. It works very, very nice. We, we already are growing inside of bioreactors. We're differentiating cells into the groups we need. Uh, we had a couple of the taste tests uh, over the past uh, a few months or so. Uh, and, 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 and it really feels and, and tastes like the real thing. It, it, uh, I, I, was, I, I was shocked when, when I first tasted it. Uh, it uh, for example, chicken cells or chicken fat really feels and tastes like condensed uh, chicken, if you would like. This is the real thing. And, and, um, and so we're working on both as, uh, for your question. What I think is really interesting is that so everyone, uh, and it's, and it's actually weirder for, for it's, it's more logical for you guys and weirder for these plant-based guys because everyone's working on trying to make a raw meat product that then later on is cooked, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Cook it as you print it. Yeah, I, I know. I'm like, or, or just like focus on mimicking the final thing, the steak, right? And just have us like warm it up or something. I don't, I don't, yeah, is that is that intentional or is that just like because of the technology that you guys use? I, I, I think I, I think part of the process of mimicking the the, the meat is 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 having the the substances really uh, react to the heat, and, and the reaction is not only aromas; it's also in terms of texture. Uh, eating a raw material that that is um, is like uh, cooked already and just to warm it up, um, I, I think you're, you're missing part of of, of the uh, heating stage. Where you have some kind of reactions between the materials, we're actually, you know, we're we're making meat. So so uh, like meat, you know, today from the grocery stores that you have to to heat up in order to to eat it in 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 the texture and the taste and the smell that that you're like. Uh, leaving aside the uh, the E. coli uh, and and other uh, bacteria that that you might have and that. Uh, that you have to heat it up, heat it up. Um, so, so we're making the same thing. So, you know, 
uh, we're not thinking of, uh, um, of of making something that is mimicking meat using plant-based and uh, so you have a ready meal uh, just to warm, warm, warm it up we have we want to have the same experience uh, that you would have if you would go to the grocery store same thing same 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 tissue at the end even better uh, because uh, the perfect bite can be built using our systems uh, even if, if it's a kobe beef uh, that uh, you have the 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 fat spreaded all around your steak uh, or if it's uh, uh, you know zero almost zero percent fat meat that you would like this muscle only uh, steak uh, this is something that uh, uh, we want to build at the end to have the perfect experience in, uh, for the consumers. It's like a whole new way of defining cuts of meat. I'm curious if you guys have done any initial analysis, and this is more future gazing, to be quite honest, on what kind of impact this is going to have overall in terms of, like, basically a lot of the supply chain is going to be gutted from this in 30, 40 years time where we don't need meat packing facilities anymore. We won't need the same level of industrial farming going on for meat and for those purposes. Is, is this, in the end, going to save a lot on labor as well, since it could be done on an industrial factory setting? I, I think it can save a lot of labor first. I think, uh, secondly, I think it's uh, uh, in countries around the world that are, doesn't have the, the equipment or doesn't have the, the labor force. And not only labor force, but also doesn't have the, the, the land to use for example, mm-hmm. in order to to grow cattle, or that doesn't have the the resources, yeah. So so yeah. <laughs> countries, yeah. <laughs> so countries that doesn't have the resources uh, resources in, in order to to grow the, the cattle at the end, uh, the livestock are can can uh, can happen to be the the, the most leading uh, co- uh, countries in 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 making meat. So it can happen in in uh, in Singapore, for example, that that. Uh, the, uh, that now announced that they want to produce 30% of their own uh, consumed product in, in, in the country. And this is, I think, part of the reason they're uh, they, the first to, to regulate uh, cultured meat. And it can happen in, in the U.S. In, in large cities. And, and it can also happen in small countries like, like Israel. So I think the opportunity now to, to develop something that is, uh, doesn't necessarily need the, the environmental resources, you know, you cannot... Um, uh, connect the cow to, uh, uh, to a solar panel, uh, <laughs> but, but but now you know. And cows, for example, are, are meat producers. Are, are are the plants that we are using today in order to produce meat. So once you have this technology, you can literally use it a- anywhere, anytime you want. Uh, I think that um, the the you're shortened and, and simplified uh, the process by producing it anywhere. It's cleaner. It's more recyclable. Uh, it, uh, it has lower emissions. Products are uh, I mean, can be local exponential. Uh, there can be local exponential agriculture. I think uh, I think the food safety and the food security also uh, is on a definitely new level. And we're talking about today about the COVID nineteen and 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 pathogens that the, the E. coli and uh, other bacteria that, that might happen to be in our food systems. This is a whole new way to keep these systems closed and safe for the consumers. So it's not only uh, the, uh, in terms of the supply 
the supply chain and sustainability and places and resources. It's also about safety and security uh, and a whole new uh, uh, range of products that I think we haven't really tried yet. Uh, and, and, and we believe that, uh, there will be a better product that we know uh, of today. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for telling us so much uh, and uh, for letting us, yeah, for, for, for opening this world to us. Uh, it's really uh, exciting uh, extension of 3D printing. So thanks a lot for being on the 3D pod. Sure. Thank you very much. And uh, Max, thank you for being there as well. Oh, yeah, it was great. And thank you for listening. My name is Joris Peels, and this is the 3D pod. Have a great day. You've been listening to the 3D Pod. For more information on what you just heard or to subscribe, visit www.3dprint.com or follow us at 3dprint.com.